passé l'enregistrement de la On Monday, July 29th, we said, Cool. I've not informed our first part that she's about to go up, so give her a real round of applause. D. Johnson, come on up. Popular mechanics. I have always been curious to discover if Raymond Carver, when he wrote that story, if he borrowed language from the King James Bible when he settled on an ending that said, in this manner, the issue was decided. Perhaps a box somewhere holds scraps of paper and inky doodles, the reflections and words he tossed aside before he sharpened that skewered line. But Raymond Carver isn't here, and I with no access to those doodles, I have been wondering still at the whirlings inside his unsettled mind. Losing keys. The next time she loses her keys, she laughs, pretends it is still something funny, but it's the kind of joke that punches you before you get to the end of the line. She watches and cannot stop the slow, steady drip of her memories. She sees them parade in a single file line, like those words waiting their turn to sit lonely on the tip of her tongue. She can't puzzle the pieces together. Nothing connects, not words, not faces, not happenings disremembered, that might belong instead to the woman in the hall drooling something about her mother and how she might take her to lunch today or maybe she's coming tomorrow and what time is your flight? I must hurry now. Mine leaves at 6.05 and I need a ride to the station. My level 10 latte is waiting. A graceful flower the tipping of cream and mocha dances on the surface, shudders with anticipation, with the expectation barely contained that my lips will search out and tease the petals, the delicate spice, the burst of dark roasted beans, the hint of Mexican chocolate, the fire. D. Johnson, everybody. We got Boris coming to the stage, ladies and gentlemen.
Every night when I lay down to sleep, a giant serpent devours me. It is fearsome and sullen, a slow creeper from the maw to the gullet, and so we end up spending long hours together. It swallows my feet, and I think I hear you breathing in the next room. I never gave you back your ring, though I surely meant to. Somewhere underneath all those broken promises rumbled the eternal crunching of the great snake. It swallows my thighs, bites through my groin. I feel the tips of my toes tickling its lovely uvula. A seagull outside my window laughs at my loneliness. (laughs) Fucking pathetic. I never accepted your ring, though I'd always wanted to, no matter how far down the serpent's throat you or I were. It bites through my belly, sinks its fangs into my chest, and chokes on my heart. But this is not enough to stop it. I still cling to the light, and so it can see me. Though it is bright here, I still haven't found you, and I never took that long black drop down the back of the forked tongue. (laughs) Oh no, I've lost my place. I am Francisco Nightmare, and I am battling for your soul. The wild waves of the Aegean brought me to you, and I have come prepared for anything. See my saddle? It is made of leather, and it sits atop my mule, wet weather and dry. Nowhere is its like. Underneath the saddle horn, in the hidden compartment, I carry a roll of 900,000 pesetas, a wooden case of matches, and a collapsible blowgun. The planet to which you have brought me is brown and dry. Its heat sears the lines into my face, but there are remedies known only to Egyptian nomads that I have carried with me. For every ill you have thrown against me, the bombs and deadly crushing noise, the bullets that take away a man's breath, the daggers and cudgels and the raw meaty bone torn from the leg of a carnivorous ape, I have the cure. Thank you. Give it up for Boris, who in addition to being a magnificent poet, also records our podcast. All right, up next, please clap Heather Mariah to the stage. Give it up. That should be more manageable. Thank you. Um... Two older men catcalled me in one week, which can only mean one thing. I'm looking older than 18. Happy doomsday to me. It's all sexless dinner dates and bags under my eyes from here on out. The one gentleman in particular smoking a cigarette held by a skinny arm said, I don't mean to be crude, but you have a beautiful leg. Just the one? Shit. I imagined my legs sticking to the leather seats of his convertible as I watched him drive away and muttered to myself about Scandinavian design and the reappearing lipstick marks on my coffee cup. God, I miss you, Aaron. I feel like an anorexic belly dancer jiggling away aimlessly, come home and point out the number 14 thonnet chair at the table in front of us and nibble off the cheese plate like it's your solemn sworn duty. Come home and remind me that my breasts are just enough and that the dirt on my skin can wash off and that the dirt in the cracked 
Cracks between my brain cells and bad chemicals can be cleaned up once a month. Come home and help me drink this goddamn gin, sing old jazz standards and stumble home to drunken escapades in our twin-sized bed. Quick, quick, before I drink all the gin, pretending it's water, red nails and lipstick staining my wrinkles, bathrobe and curlers covered with a hairnet like a structurally unsound housewife from the era of uppers. Come home and find me just the way you like me. And the second one, how to uncork a bottle of wine. Step one, slit the throat of the bottle with the tip of your corkscrew, peel away the foily skin, and reveal her luminous green neck. She calls, expose, exhibit. Step two is her skin peeled away, cork uncovered. Wield your corkscrew and twist into the softness. Undo, undone, unwind, lift with force. The cork is on the table. The bottle is open. Step three. Drink, like ruby nectar, grapes smashed by the feet of old Italian women. What am I when I consume you? You'll stain my lips with your sweet blood, your bite marks on my cheeks, a carpet stain like a lipstick mark on the pressed white shirt. I start to laugh and wax brilliant, a slowly melting candle on the candelabra of the night. Step five, four. Wake up, you lush. Wipe away the dry black mascara crumbling on your eyelids and observe the massacre of green bottles that you and your evening left in your wake. Wake, O oh restless sleeper. I'm talking to you. I am the pounding in your temples and the light crawling through your eyelids and the acidic taste in your mouth and the purple staining your smooth lips. You slit me open, but I consumed you. Motherhood and other blemishes. My impending motherhood hangs over every month like an unflattering haircut. Despite all the pills the doctor gives me, my superior education of the reproductive system, my careful procedures and calculated planning, I still worry about the unborn offspring I'll probably never meet, manifesting inside me and blowing up my stomach like a great red balloon. That's why it took me by surprise when you asked me if you'd ever done anything wrong in your pristine 23-year mothering career, as if my 10-day fashionably late birth wasn't enough to make you mother of the year. You also fed and clothed me, drove me to 4-H and ballet, and packed me snacks when I ran away from home. See... I was reminiscing about a dream I had the first time the condom broke. There was a bear inside my stomach and its claws made angry bumps on the surface of it. And yet, for some reason, I was still getting those weird-ass pregnancy pictures. You've done more than enough, mother, simply by being mine. It's more than I could do. I came up with a few arbitrary things. You were too involved. You never let me fail. Please don't believe me. I'm just covering for the possibility that I still could be barren.
Heather Mariah, everyone. Yeah, let the public know how you feel. That's right. Tell us how it is. Got some church going on tonight, people. Uh, give it up for Scott Casey, everybody. Thank you. We appreciate y'all coming out. So, um, this is not mine. This is by Dylan Thomas. It's called uh, Find Meat on Bones. And uh, finds meat on bones that soon have none. And drink in the two milked crags, the merriest marrow and the dregs. Until the ladies' breasts are hags and limbs are torn. Disturb no winding sheets, my son. But when the ladies are cold as stone, throw a ram rose over the rags. Rebel against the binding moon and the parliament of sky. Rebel against the flesh and bone, the word of blood, the wily skin, and the maggot that no man can slay. The thirst is quenched, the hunger gone, and my heart is cracked across. My face is haggard in a glass. My breasts are thin. A merry girl took me for a man. I laid her down and told her sin, and hung beside her a ram rose. So the maggot that no man can kill and the man that no rope can hang rebel against my father's dream that out of a bower of red swine howls the foul fiend to heal. I cannot murder like a fool. Season and sunshine, grace and girl. Nor can I smother the sweet waking. Black night still ministers the moon and the sky lays down her laws. The sea speaks with a kingly voice. Light and dark are one companion and are not enemies. War on the spider and the wren. War on the destiny of man. Doom on the sun. Before death takes you, Oh, take back this. <laughs> Thank you. Scott Casey, ladies and gentlemen. And also, you may have seen this lovely lady. She, uh, can everyone give a wonderful round of applause for Tatum? Okay, so I also did not write this poem. Um, it's called Little Voice. Yeah. I woke this morning to the sound of a little voice saying, This life, it was good while it lasted, but I just can't take it any longer. I'm going to stop shaving my teeth and chew my face. I'm going to finish inventing that way to turn my blood into thread and knit a sweater the shape of a giant machete and chop my head right off. The leaves had a green aspect. All their faces turned down towards the earth. This is exactly how I wanted to act, but I didn't know where. The little voice had hidden in any way. Who talks like that? 
What a loss. Another tiny, brilliant mind switched off by that same big, boring finger. Clearly, life is a drag, by which I mean a net that keeps pulling the most unsavory and useful boots. We either put on lamenting or eat with the hooks of some big idea gripping the sides of our mouths and yanking them upward in a conceptual grimace, said the little voice, that is. I was just half listening, one quarter wondering what the little park the window looked onto was named, and one quarter thinking... Thanking the war I knew was somewhere busy returning all those limbs to their phantoms. Thank you. So, uh, <clears throat> give it up for Tatum, everybody. All right, and up next comes one of my favorites. Uh, please clap Miss Liz to the stage, everybody. Hello. Hi. So um, I'm going to read a few short ones from this series of persona poems I'm working on that um, are me imagining uh, women from Greek mythology doing mundane household chores. Who comes up with this shit? I don't know. I, I do, I guess. Okay, so the first one is Artemis mows the lawn. Pull, pull, pull. Three clumsy masculine strokes, shudder and resultant roar. Only a man would invent a machine that needs a hand job before it works. <laughs> the neighbors have resigned themselves to the tableau. Weed wild on head and mound, moon flesh blurred and unhemmed and vibrating like a tuning fork. I may have to mow my lawn, Sydney, city ordinances, you know. But you'll never catch me wearing clothes. White and smudged around the edges, smushed into civilization, I chew the grass in decibel circles around the rose bushes the damn deer won't leave alone. Unpruned, thorny, and straggled, they are wild like me and just as bare. This one is, Deianera rotates the mattress. She was married to Hercules, for those who don't know. If you were here, you could do this for me. Flip it with ease like a musty pancake. The pillowed landscape reliefs what I already know. You're never home. All prairie plain on your side and valley on mine. The bit, bot, sorry. My body busy divoting the mattress while you're off cauterizing snake necks with your nephew. But I can manage, even with my lank arms. The depression where my head was under your heels, my feet wrapped round your thick neck, and me with a new impression to make. Look how the dust whirls in the sunlight, flinted flakes of you and me swirling like inevitable galaxies. One more, this is Medea does the laundry. So this is what it's come to. A pink sock frowning over my hand, dirt sneered tidy whities in the hamper. My palms, once lined with sorcery and cocaine, now gather detergent and chemical creases. 
Remembered parts circle and whir in the water, dismembered feet and torsos and pairs of legs swimming through a storm of synthetic clean that doesn't smell like any mountain breeze I've ever known. I forgot to check the pockets again. The children's gathered treasures escape, pennies and pine cones and orphaned beach rocks. They clamor at the door. They rattle like an army of teeth. Thanks. Liz, everybody. Just keep coming with that heat. Mm-mm-mm. All right, up next we got Tiffany. Clap poet to the stage. Hello. I'm also not reading my own tonight. This is a book I picked up in a thrift store years ago. It's called Ode to Mustard, Poems and Such by Barry Smith. I don't even know who he is. Anybody here know Barry Smith? Okay. But I found this one funny, especially living here. You'll know. It's called Eco Tantrum. I saw you for the first time, and I knew you were for me. You had a stall in the marketplace selling herbal tea. The energy you radiated nearly made me blind. I almost hyperventilated when you said, What's your sign? I was so in love with you, nirvanic as may, as it can be. You rubbed my back and read my palm and fed me TVP. That's a protein substitute. We circulated petitions and we picketed embassies. We I-chinged and tarot-carded and we tugged a lot of trees. But then you went and woke me up in the middle of the night, said my aura wasn't big enough. You set your karma right. You said you've got a new boyfriend who's... Mm, some word I can't pronounce. Whose kundalini just won't stop? Anybody? <laughs> oh, thanks for the picture of that face. Mm. Your planets are compatible, and he works at the health food shop. So I'm getting rid of everything that makes me think of you. I'm tossing out the soy milk and the vat of lentil stew. I'll have an eco-temper tantrum. <laughs> To show you how I feel, I'll harpoon me a killer whale and club a baby seal. I'll kill a furry animal and fry it up in lard. I'll piss off all vegetarians, which shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> Rennet, suet, saturated fats, I'll smear them all about. I'll eat white bread and sugar till my teeth are falling out. Fruit that's grown with pesticides, gasoline filled with lead, alligator, mink, leopard, and fox, I'll wear them when they're dead, I'll burn a chuck of styrofoam, I'll spray my CFCs, I'll fill in the world with toxic waste and start a new disease, I'll test cosmetics on bunny rabbits, steal eagles from their nest, there's just no point to being green if girls are not impressed. <laughs> So I'll work in the slaughterhouse, explode a bovine brain. Each time a cow falls to its knees, I'll wallow in the pain. But now you say you want me back? And as I hear this news, tears of joy pour from my eyes as I hide my leather shoes. <sighs> Thanks. 
Tiffany, everybody. That was awesome. I think that's a little better. That's a little better. That's